Hello, you're listening to uh, C to Z Movies. My name's Colin, I'm the C. Joining me uh, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello, we speak again. We certainly do, we certainly do. Uh, it's not too long, it's about a week since we uh, spoke in person. Yep. Um, we, we, we saw each other's faces for the first time in a year. <laughs> yeah, uh, we also, what did we do? We, went, we had dumplings. Yes, I we're, starting, we're, starting, we're starting with the big one. Oh yeah, obviously. We're, we're, going, we're going chronological, are we? Of course, yeah. Then you had churros. I had far too many churros. Um, For the first time in your life. First time and I had about twice as much as I should have done. They were nice, but yeah, that's too many. That's yeah. Too many. I, I almost had churros again uh, two days ago. I thought, no, that's yeah. too much. Twice in a week is too much. That looks a lot of, you know, uh, fried fat to have in one day. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after that, yeah, we watched the fourth Thor film that we should talk about today and we saw the Back to, to the Future musical which is the big thing that I know you wanted me to talk about first but we certainly did yeah we, <laughs> um, it, it's fantastic I recommend it go and check it out it's, uh, they've just got a new I, I mean, did you like it Zia? yeah yeah it's good fun Excellent. it's good fun it's better than I expected um, I, I didn't know you liked it but uh, you left a gaff so I thought the audience might be like did Zijan hate it? does Zijan not <laughs> enjoy time travel based shenanigans? Um, which because I invite you to w- listen to one of our earliest episodes about time travel in a film. Uh, but yes, yeah, good, good fun. They, they, they just announced the new cast. So uh, yeah, I, I heard the guy who's playing Marty McFly is leaving. So yeah, uh, quite a few of them are changing. Doc Brown is still the same, but yeah, Marty's got a new Marty. Hmm. Is, I mean, he's pretty much in all of the scenes. I think uh, so. It's quite a lot of work. It is busy, busy. Have me what six times a week. I've not been doing that. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand. I can understand that. Uh, but as Zijan has hinted, today we are we're talking Thor: Love and Thunder, Thor Four, uh, on this hot, hot afternoon. Oh. But we start. Zijan, oh no, there's other things. We're gonna we're gonna uh, do a quiz on the Hunger Games movies. We're gonna talk about the films of Rafe Spall uh, and much, 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 much more. more. But of course, moving news, Zijan. Moving news. Yep. It may be hot, but Hollywood keeps going. Yeah, not as busy as it was last week, I can say. Um, yeah, what do we have here? What do we have here? So, uh, Sam Taylor-Johnson, wife of Aaron Taylor-Johnson, will be directing Amy Winehouse's uh, biopic, mm. Back to Black. Um, so, this film has the support of the Winehouse estate, so which uh, begs the question um, how deep it will probe into their lives, into her life, because as we all know, I think it's quite public knowledge that Amy Winehouse had a lot of drug issues. Yes. Um, so, not too sure how... Yeah, how how do you deal with that? Because an over-sanitized version of it is not really the most uh, liked yeah. <laughs> version of a film. I mean, the most famous thing about her is that she died uh, very young, very young, and, and that she took a lot of drugs. And, and the, obviously, people are big fans of her music, but I think people who couldn't name a single Amy Winehouse song could tell you that. I would have thought. Uh, mm. I think yeah, more interesting would be because it has the blessing of family. What would they do with the relationship with her father, for example, which I think was very complicated. Yep. Um, very supporting or unsupporting people in the picture. The um, Asif Kapoor did a uh, documentary called Amy, which I've not seen, but was very well received. So uh, I don't know whether that you know, presumably covered off the same ground. I'm trying to remember whether in our annual movie predictions, whether we had uh, Amy Winehouse down. We definitely predicted some music biopics, but I can't remember who we predicted. 
I don't think it was Amy Winehouse because I think there was there were rumors about it happening a few right. years ago. I mean, Numi Rapace I think was due to star as Amy Winehouse a few mm, years oh back. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of our predictions. Fair enough. Um, moving to the MCU, uh, we have a few things, but um, Daniel Kaluuya apparently will not be back for Black Panda. Black Panda. Black Panda. <laughs> He's not being really, really <laughs> Black Panda, but he's also not coming back from Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, he's apparently been too busy, f- I think it was with Nope. Um, I mean, Daniel Kalaya is pretty much a big name now. I, he's got if I'm not mis- he really is, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think Jordan Peele was saying that he was his Robert De Niro in certain aspects. So. Apparently so, which um, I only read the headline, but that does seem like Jordan Peele is, is raising himself to the level of Martin Scorsese, which is... Um, early in his career to be making such statements but uh, quite early yeah well we'll see how nope goes it's coming out in the middle of the year i don't think you'll be watching it right i will not be watching it now it looks yeah. <laughs> it, it looks scary um it's, it's in bright daylight colin how will we scary <laughs> it's all bright good point it's a very good point uh but yeah i'm sorry i mean i i, I also don't entirely believe this I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if Daniel Kaluuya turns up for a, for a cameo or something but, uh, i'm not sure who is going to turn up in this film now no, there's there was a, I think we talked about last time maybe I can't remember if we did but um, when when uh, Chadwick Boseman died there's a lot of people saying you should make sure you don't recast him like we don't want we don't want another person playing T'Challa and I think that was the right decision but I think a lot of people now move in the opposite direction saying oh we don't want we don't want a different black man we want T'Challa uh, whoever plays T'Challa I don't know I, I mean the rumor seems to be that maybe Shuri is taking on the mantle. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe. I know. It's just yeah, the bad press that Letitia Wright has been getting. It's just it could be uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, who who's so memorable that I can't because then, but she didn't do anything. She was supposed to be like the main female protagonist, but then it turned out like Okoye and Shuri became, you know, yeah. standouts, stood out a lot more than she did. So yeah, yeah. who knows. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do. That whether they even will be a Black Panther or whether it's going to be a shared mantle or what they're going to do. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, we can rule out Daniel Kaluuya apparently, unless it's a really big lie and he is uh, <laughs> he is Black Panther. I mean, Marvel has tried that before anyway, so wouldn't be the first time. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more Marvel news. Uh, Marvel news. Marvel news. <laughs> we're doing well today. Uh, it's hot. I know. It's really hot. <laughs> yes. Julius Ona uh, will be directing the new Captain America film. Uh, he has last directed the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, which I've not seen, and I know you haven't. Um, but yeah, that's happening. Anthony Mackie will be starring, obviously, since taking over the Cap Mantle in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier, except on the uh, on the last, uh, right at the end of the series, they brought up a new title card saying Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So like, mm. see what we did there? It's like, yeah, we all know that happened at the end of Endgame. We all, we all, we all saw it. <laughs> Did you really need like six episodes of television to tell us something we already knew? Oh, guys. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, yeah, Judas so, no, I I don't know the guy. So Cloverfield Paradox got terrible reviews. I've not I've not seen it. He does something called Luce, Luce maybe. I don't know oh. Luce, Luce if it's Italian and Luce if it's not, um, which apparently was well received. But um, yeah, yeah, could be. Marvel likes trying a variety of directors, right? To some some to great extent, some which turn out well. Some which didn't, but yeah. So, <laughs> and <laughs> Who knows? it also maintains the what they're doing at the moment of largely matching the ethnicity and/or gender 
uh, of the hero with with the director. So mm-hmm. Junior Sona being a black man. Uh, more Marvel news. It's all going on. Um, the Russo brothers have said they quite like to do Secret Wars. So uh, maybe we're going to talk later about the future of the the MCU. But that, yeah. that seems a slightly. I thought they were done with 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 the MCU. To be honest, I thought they'd, they'd pack their bags and gone off to make the Grey Man on Netflix. But uh, apparently, they'd, they'd be up for coming back. What do you think? Ha! Huh. Uh, I really need to remember what Secret Wars is about now. Um, Secret Wars, I think, is so. I, I don't know much about it, but uh, I believe it's where versions of heroes fight on a planet. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if they're clones or what they are, but. Yeah, I really don't recall that at all, and my my my, my oh. comic knowledge is, is tends to be decent, <laughs> so I just can't remember that. Yeah, I thought it was very famous. Um, I mean, first round from nineteen eighty four to eighty five. Uh, the storyline involves the destruction of the Marvel universe and various other alternate universes. Oof. Okay, and they all want to battle world, a planet that exhibits the aspects of various universes. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yep. So you know battle world, do you? Yeah, I, I've heard of Battle World, so... So, I mean, it does feel like with all this multiverse stuff we've been working towards bringing... And I know we all got very excited about Doctor Strange bringing in, like, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, all these characters that we've seen in different iterations and, and that didn't happen. But maybe they're working towards Battle World where it will happen. Mm. Maybe we're finally going to see Owen Grufford playing Reed Richards again. Yeah, it's still a while. Like, anyway, there's so many films in between, which we're going to talk about mm. <laughs> soon. Uh some side news anyway because you spoke about Grey Man and Ryan Gosling is in Grey Man and yeah. some Marvel news as well he said he's interested in playing Ghost Rider in an interview uh, that was mostly grilling him whether he was in the Nova film that's coming out um, fair news to Ryan Gosling um, I think Nova is quite young compared to uh, it's quite a young character to right, okay. especially the newest iteration of Nova so I highly doubt that Ryan Gosling would play him but yeah he playing Ghost Rider would work I would say yeah, this this is a podcast I listen to sometimes. I've not listened to this one, Josh Horowitz on uh, Happy Sad Confused. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, having not listened to it, I don't know whether it's just a kind of what characters would you like to play? I don't know, Ghost Rider, or whether it's um, a big scoop. But uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time for Ryan Gosling made his way to the MCU. So why not? Mm. Why not? He can battle against Nicolas Cage and the guy from the TV series in uh, in Battle World. Can't wait. Yep. Three Ghost Riders. Yeah, there was yeah there was a Ghost Rider in um, Agents of Shield apparently. Yeah, there was. I've seen him. Okay, good. A clip of him. Sure. Um, more Marvel news, but this time it's just completely made up uh, leaks, and uh, I'm not sure I believe this leak at all. But you know, that's quite interesting. Um, all about the Fantastic Four, basically saying John Krasinski isn't coming back, which I think is true. I, I think he's done. Um, but suggesting that uh, someone called Penn Badgley could be the new Reed Richards. Uh, he's best known for you. Gossip Girl. Oh, right. Gossip Girl as well. Hmm. Uh, more recently, you. I know him as playing Woodchuck Todd from Easy A. Um, yeah, that's him. So, uh, sure. Why not? Why not? There's a long list of people who've been considered, about it, including Melissa Benoist, uh, presumably for Sue Storm, which I think would be good the- casting, except that she's been Supergirl for seven years or whatever it is. It seems a bit odd to... Give her an, uh, well, for, I'm not sure she'd want to go straight to another superhero role like that. But, but unless, uh, I mean, if she wants to break into Hollywood, right, it would be a good place to start. I mean, she, I mean, was, she, was, she was already in, uh, she was in Whiplash. She was in oh. uh, uh, Patriot's Day. Oh, I didn't know she was in Whiplash. I keep forgetting that. She was the, she was the girl, well, yeah, the temporary girlfriend. Ah. Uh. 
she played someone in a film that Al Pacino was in. I can't remember the title of Danny Danny Collins, I think. She's oh, so clearly this will be her breakout role. She right? hit after hit. That film was okay from memory. I think, uh, I think she maybe worked in a hotel. I don't know. Yes, maybe this is her way of breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, speaking about uh, John Krasinski, um, we've got a um, new drama film starring his wife, Emily Blunt. And you're, Chris you're, all about the, uh, you're all about the connections today. I'm trying to mix it uh, mm. up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And Chris Evans is joining her as well. Uh, so this new drama is called Pin Hustlers. Uh, where uh, Emily Blunt plays a high school dropout dreaming of a better life for her and her young daughter and lands a job in a failing pharmace- pharmaceutical startup. If uh, she wants a better life, she should join a uh, succeeding pharmaceutical startup. Isn't I it? know, you hope so, right? Yeah. yeah, but apparently she gets involved in a center of criminal conspiracy with deadly consequences. Oh, no. Yeah. Directed by David Yates, uh, mm. best known for the Harry Potter franchise. Speaking of Chris Evans, uh, he's been. <laughs> we're doing, I'm, I'm joining. I'm joining. He's been replaced. Uh, he's been replaced by Channing Tatum in the film Project Artemis, uh, which is a space thriller coming to Apple. It's been bumbling along for a while. I think it was originally going to be directed by Jason Bateman, uh, and it's going to be starring Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. No word on whether Scarlett is still involved, but um, Jason Bateman's also out, and Greg Berlanti, just to bring it full circle, he's been the showrunner on a lot of CW. Uh, Arrowverse films. I think he did The Flash. Maybe he did Supergirl. Um, so uh, I don't really have him down as a as a film director as much, although he has done it. But uh, mm. there you go. He's uh, going to Apple TV or whatever. Apple. Yeah, TV which I would be watching because it's on another streaming service. I, I do not own. Yeah, me too. Mm. Exactly. Um, yeah, I cannot link anything else anymore. Okay. I, I probably can more tenuous ones, but since you're on casting news, I may as well just add more casting news for uh, for people who are interested. We've got more cast for Scream Six: uh, Samara Weaving from Radio Not, um, which is another horror film that was directed by the same director as Scream Six. Will be joining it, yeah. and so will uh, fans of Spider Man will know Flash Thompson. Tony Revolori will be joining the cast as well. Ah, that was him, was it? Yep. I saw two pictures, and I said. They've been in the uh, in the Spider-Man things. I thought that girl looks a bit like Betty Brandt. Maybe that's what it is. Mm, but it no, could be. It was Flash Thompson. Okay. Uh, maybe she. Maybe she did. Who knows? Who can be bothered <laughs> to find out? It's too hot. Um, yeah, and uh, we already know that Hayden Panettiere is coming back from Scream Four. We know that Nev Campbell is not coming back from every other Scream film. Mm. Uh, fine. Michael Mann, who. I think earlier this year, maybe yeah, I think it was earlier this year, um, re- revealed he was writing Heat Two as a novel. Uh, has unsurprisingly said that he wants to make it into a film. I think we all saw that coming. Um, it's an odd path to take, but why not? Mm-hmm. You ever seen Heat? No, I've not seen Heat. It is overrated. <laughs> um, it's it's not bad, but people go and bang on about it like it's the greatest thing ever, just because it's got Robert De Niro and uh, and Al Pacino in it, but. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, fair news. He's a good um, director. I like him. Hmm. Uh, Michael Shannon will be directing a new drama called Eric LaRue, which okay. is a play by Brett Neville. Uh, yeah, nothing much has been known about it, but it's because it's based on a play, we know the plot. Um, it follows Janice, the mother of 17-year-old Eric, the namesake of the play, who shot and killed three of his classmates. So, pretty grim. Uh 
pretty grim. So <laughs> it follows the story of how the mother Janice faces a meeting of the mothers of the other boys. So yeah, not uh, not light material, I would say. Hmm, is Michael Shannon directed before? I think it's his, this is his debut. Okay. Hmm. Uh, more casting news for Mickey Seven, Bong Joon Ho's next film, uh, where Stephen Yoon is that right? Uh, Yun, yep. yep. Um, who is known for things like Minari and Okia uh, has joined the cast. Um, which is, always, I think, starring... I think we're still starring uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it quite a few times as, as more and more people join the cast, but he's the latest to uh, to sign on. Yep. Oh, yeah, I saw that book out of Wiki 7 oh, recently. Yeah. I was contemplating, you know, getting it, but okay. I've been reading way too much fantasy and sci-fi, right? Uh, it's the same thing, right? Fantasy and sci-fi that I really need something more grounded. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, maybe maybe in the next year. I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. Uh, uh, that's all I had. Yeah, my last bit of news, Colin, is that what were you doing when you were 20? <laughs> or 19 years old? 19 years old. Uh, when I was 19 years old, um, I was, uh, I guess I was at Warwick University uh, studying maths living in Coventry having the uh, co-creating the brave and noble game of glass ball uh, a sport very similar to table tennis except that instead of uh, paddles you have ashtrays and instead of a net you have a row of Stella bottles that's what I was okay. doing so when you do that 19 years old uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things fame oh. will be co-writing and co-directing a film uh, well who, which which one of us has achieved more do you think what us, you and Finn? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, me, the co-creator of Glass Ball, or Finn, a guy who's going to be making a film, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not, let's not answer this in front of our listeners. Yeah, that's probably fair. Okay, yeah, good luck to that. So, uh, I saw, I saw this interesting, uh, the, the co bits. I guess maybe they thought he's a bit young to do all by himself. Do it all himself. Which is fair. Co-directing could mean a lot of things, couldn't it? I mean, it could mean you're basically doing all of it, but you got oh, Colin, stop it. trying to I'm like. Just saying, it could be that he's just uh, <laughs> he's just sitting nearby while someone else does it. I'm just saying, Finn Wolfhart, you've achieved nothing, man. I mean, if you get paid to do that and get credited for that, I think you. What I'm saying is good enough, right? What I'm saying is he's as soon as he hits twenty and he can no longer play a kid in the eighties, his career's over. <laughs> That's, what That's what he does. He's got another Ghostbusters film coming out next year, hasn't he? Or two years. He does. Yes. Like, yeah. Stranger Things is still coming out yeah. next year. He'll, he'll yeah. be fine. He'll be yeah. fine. For now. For now. How many crosswords has he had published in the Times? That's why I want to know. I don't know, but he may <laughs> do a rival podcast eventually as well. Yeah, I say he probably, he probably. He strikes me as someone who probably does do a podcast already. Yeah, he does. Um, let's move on then to uh, to see or not to Zed. Yeah. Where we talk about films we have seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Zed them. Zijan. Have yep. you been seeing or zedding anything? <laughs> I can't believe you can say that with a straight face, Colin. Like that's so grammatically incorrect. <laughs> like honestly, I yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, is it a joke anymore? I don't know. It was, it was a joke oh. movie the first couple of times, and now it's been like a hundred, and I'm still yeah. still doing it. But yeah. Well, anyway, um, this is a film that I think you are better placed to speak about than I am. But I've seen it. I saw Persuasion. How did you? Okay. Yeah. I know you're always surprised when I watch something on Netflix, but you should know by now I can get around stuff. Season, uh, season, Anyway, oh I saw dear. Persuasion. Oh dear, oh dear. Because Henry Golding is in it, and we like all Malaysians. Uh, I thought he's British. Yeah, he's British, but he's mostly Malaysian. Okay. I'm claiming uh, him as ours. Fine, all right. So this, um, you're still not prepared to watch uh, Last Christmas. 
No. Uh, but you are persuaded to watch. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to work out where the, where the Henry Golding Malaysian appreciation line is drawn, and apparently somewhere between uh, <laughs> somewhere between Last Christmas and Persuasion. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Have you seen it, by the way? Not yet. It's on my list. Um, Ooh, let me mention and speak about it. Uh, I, I've read a review or something, and I, 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 I've read Persuasion. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know how it compares. Have you seen the previous Persuasion films? Uh, I've seen one of them. I don't. Know, I think there might only have been one, but um, it's starring Kieran Hines. Mm. Yeah. Um, I uh, well, um, let me tell you where I am before you jump in. But uh, Persuasion is um, in, almost entirely forgettable for me. I've read it. I've seen the film twice. I think. I don't remember any of the plot. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I remember the names of the two main characters, and that's about it. So yeah, I do know that this one has basically been kind of flea bagged and Bridgetoned. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, l- l- yeah, it's less Bridgerton than more flea baggish. Okay. Um, the main character played by Dakota Johnson, uh, Anne Elliot, I, b- I believe her name was. Correct, uh, basically, yes. it's like flea bag. Um, she breaks the fourth wall. Uh, she winks at the camera, narrates to the camera. Gives the side eye to the camera, flea baggish, basically. It does. I mean, I know I said it first. Well, basically, I was quoting a review I read, but it does annoy me a little bit when people talk about always refer to flea bag for these kind of things. Like people have been talking to the camera since Woody Allen. This is it's not a new. I know, but flea, yeah, no, but flea bag did really well. I mean, I've seen lots of four four breaking before, hmm. but flea bag is one of my favorites. The way she does it is really good, very very effective. Um, yeah, but. Okay, I've not seen Fleabag, but uh, no. I, I, I've, I've seen clips, and I've seen the trailer for this, so I, I know what's... I, I, get the, I get the picture. Uh, does it work here? Um, ish, I guess. I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, that's the thing. Like, I wanted you to speak more about it, because I'm pretty sure you have more of a stronger opinion on this than I would. I was like, I think it was fine. Hmm. I mean, they tried to modernize it quite a bit. Like, I think a lot of the... I'm not sure how much you read about the, read the book or remember about the book, because um, um, the, the parts of it which I'm pretty sure... It won't be an Austin uh, piece of work. Like they were rating people from one to ten, for example, in terms of attractiveness. Yeah. Um, there was a scene where I know they were talking about Lord Byron. I'm not sure Austin was one of those that ref, uh, refer to other writers in her her books as well. Um, so. North Langrabi refers to other books. Uh, the Mystery of the Adolfo, I think it's called. So um, mm. yeah, I don't think I don't think happens in persuasion, but. Yeah, I read a, I read an interview about, or maybe just an article about this this film. Basically, saying it's th- there are sometimes often adaptations that get things wrong, uh, but this is kind of so deliberately basically making it modern, but in period dress. In fairness, they said it was fairly awkward because it kind of mixed original Jane Austen lines with modern talk with yes, yes and it kind of just ended up being some sort of weird amalgamation of it yeah it felt like that it definitely felt like that um, and also I didn't really buy the chemistry between the two leads as well so that didn't help either okay. uh, I would say yeah but I know you're going to watch it anyway so I'm sure I will I'm sure I, will. I can yeah. talk about it uh, at some point is this uh, Henry Golding's first period drama I'm assuming it probably is I would think so yeah Henry Golding is a very um, Jane Austen name actually I can imagine a Jane Austen character called Henry Golding mm-hmm. uh, Dakota Johnson not so much Oh well, his her the male protagonist is named Cosmo Jarvis. What? (laughs) That's even less uh, Jane Austen is than anything else. Cosmo, as in Cosmo, like the buffet, and Jarvis. Oh, the actor's name, right? The actor's name, yeah. All right, so who is um? He plays Wentworth. Oh, who's Henry Golding playing then? Uh, he plays the cousin. Oh right, post marriage to the to Anne Elliot. I assumed he'd be Wentworth. All right, Mm. interesting. 
Uh, I've been watching a couple of uh, films directed by Alan Parker, uh, who we did a quiz on once. Um, the f- uh, first of which being Fame, which is a film I'd never seen before. Uh, I knew the song Fame, and that was about it. I think that's why everyone knows about <laughs> Fame, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, and I always got it mixed up with Footloose in my mind, because uh, they're both just two dancing films. Uh, but it's yeah, set in an academy where uh, people are either going for singing, dancing, or um, instruments um, playing. Sorry, no, that's not true. It's a music, uh, dance, or acting, that's what it is. Uh, so mm. it might be singing or, or a musical instrument. Uh, just lots of kids who want to get fame. So it's set over, I think, I think over three or four year, years, maybe, um, of of the, the main people going through. Uh, it's, a, it's a weirdly paced film. I think a lot of Alan Parker's films are slightly weirdly paced. Uh, so it starts off with a kind of a montage of people going to auditions and... To, to get in and, and yeah the various different reactions people and then gathering outside the room beforehand but this, it seems that montage seems to go on for about 25 minutes and maybe it doesn't but it, it kind of doesn't let you really get a toehold to figure out who are the protagonists are who yeah who who's the main core cast and who we're only going to see for a few seconds and it takes so it takes a long time before you ever really get to know any of the characters uh particularly uh, and their relationships with each other and i must admit it wasn't very compelling there's a lot less uh, I, I thought it was kind of a musical. There's basically two big song numbers, one of which is Fame, one of which is um, Hot Lunch. And they're both good, but that, around it just seems to be strung a lot of fairly kind of minor stories and just weird montages. Yeah. Uh, there is one kind of very good scene where the guy breaks down. He's, he's, he's basically been quite derisive and um, yeah, almost a bit of a bully, I suppose, in some ways. And he kind of breaks down and talks about his own home life and, and how it's affected him and that was done very well but around it yeah not great so uh, I'm, I'm slightly surprised it's as beloved as it is I think at the time it didn't get great reviews and it's kind of become a bit of a cult classic but I don't really see why um, the other one was a film called The Commitments which is based on a book by Roddy Doyle um, I think the book was from the late 80s and the film was from the early 90s it's about a group of uh, Irish people in Dublin who form a soul band called The Commitments and it's quite a big group I and mean, there must be uh, I don't know, eight or nine people in the band. But there's, there's a one guy who's passionate, isn't he? Put, he's not actually in the band; he's more the manager. But he's putting them all together, uh, and they kind of play a few pubs and things. And it's, they do quite well, and then they fall apart. And but it's so it's, it shares some similarities. You have these kind of audition montages. You have a lot of a lot of, the, uh, a lot of the music. That's the, the the main theme of both of these. Uh, but it much much better uh, for me. I think much more compelling characters. You get to you get to understand the characters a lot better. You get to see them interacting a lot more interestingly. Uh, and yeah, it's it's, it's one of those slight, slightly I guess like any of these films, like they decide that because the protagonist in this film loves soul, they kind of look down on any other form of music. Mm. So someone plays a bit of jazz and it's like, what are what are you doing? It's rubbish. Um, and and yes, yeah, people looking down on rock and roll and stuff. But there's some very funny moments in it. It's a fairly uh, unknown cast still I think there's one or two faces I recognised in fact the the main guy from Once is in it which I didn't realise he'd done anything before that, so that was okay wow uh, but yeah I think uh, if you're going to go watch an Anne Parker film check out The Commitments that's worth watching okay cool I'm- uh, there we go let's move on to our next segment then the main segment for today which is Thor Love and Thunder See the you film go. we saw together in the first the time we, this year holding hands in the cinema I know, and we can't speak about it after that as well because uh, we can't. We don't really do that, by the way, guys, in case you were wondering. Yeah, when Colin and I see a film that we are going to review for a podcast, 
it, was, it makes for very weird viewing because we don't really talk about it afterwards because we want to save all our thoughts for you guys. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we, we don't want to let any of this gold slip out unrecorded. Uh, yeah, so we just walk out of the film. I mean, we talked a little bit about kind of around it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. A little bit about the future DMCU maybe, but we mostly talked about where we were going to get Nando's. Um, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the answer was Nando's. Um, it's good times. I had... Uh, I, I usually go for half chicken or or whole chicken. This time I didn't. I went for the uh, the boneless mixture of what you call it. Boneless thighs. Thank you. Dijon, um, tell us about uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, so this film is directed by Taika Waititi, who did uh, Thor: Ragnarok as well. Um, they say this is a sequel to Thor: Ragnarok, but basically it's a sequel to you know it's just following where where Chris Hemsworth left Thor after Avengers: Endgame, really. Um, he's put on a lot of weight at the end of Endgame, uh, as we all know. So, and he joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, in this film, um, he needs to return into action again to stop Gore the God Butcher from eliminating eliminating all gods. And Gore the God Butcher is played by Christian Bale, um, Natalie Portman, uh, who plays Jane Foster, and Tessa Thompson, who plays King Valkyrie, are back as well. Hmm, and uh, and various cameos from others, and and slightly more than a cameo, in fact, from Taika Waititi himself, uh, voicing Korg, hmm. back again. Uh, yeah, let's let's. Well, before we before we do do that, I'm interested to know what your feelings in general are about Taika Waititi. I'm assuming you've seen most of his films. No, no, I haven't seen no. uh, Jojo Rabbit. Have you not? Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, what other films has he done? Uh, did a film called Boy. Uh, no, I say I assume you've seen most of his films. I was assuming I'd seen you'd seen his. Basically, I was assuming you'd seen Jojo Rabbit. Um, <laughs> he also did one called I think he did. Um, yeah, what what we do in the shadows? That was him, wasn't it? Oh, it is it? No, nope, uh, I've, I've, seen it. I've not seen uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm assuming you have seen. Nope. Oh, go and check out Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay, it's a great film. Uh, <laughs> um, in which case, yeah, I'll, so great. I'll tell you how I feel. And enjoy. Go on. Uh, Oh yeah, so I'm just checking his Wikipedia because um to see he he also did Eagle vs Shark which I've seen which is um not very interesting. Uh, I'd forgotten that Daryl from Team Daryl, the YouTube. Uh, do you remember the YouTube clip like short short film when Thor was on the team? Was, oh yeah, was, I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah I've forgotten that Daryl turned up in this film. That so was nice to see him. Oh. Um, anyway, keep your eyes peeled for him. Yeah, so Tony I think he's very funny. Thor Ragnarok was one of the best MCU films. I think it was it was nice change of pace uh i i think he's jumped the shark i mean not necessarily the, weirdly I, I felt he had with jojo rabbit i thought jojo rabbit was quite misjudged uh in terms of trying to do taika Waititi's brand of kind of wacky comedy stuff with the nazis yeah um the world in general disagreed with me it won oscars uh i think it won some oscars it's only got nominated for a lot of oscars and it got great critical reviews mostly there are some who disagree. But I, I felt Taika Waititi had kind of, yeah, no longer as fresh and funny as he was with Hunt for the World of People uh, or mm. Ragnarok. Oh, so fair that, enough. So I think coming into this, I was a little bit worried of... There was a quote from him at one point where he said, we've basically made this film like a five-year-old told us to do a bunch of stuff and we just did it all. Or we said yes to everything. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of my worry. Um, we'll come back to uh, that. Uh, Chris yeah. Hemsworth then. Thor. Thor for I the... Mean- Eighth time, probably. Mm-hmm. I think Thor ha- has probably the longest and largest 
character progression in the whole MCU really like this Thor versus the first showing of Thor are completely different characters now like uh, they're very yeah. different yeah I definitely agree with big change I'm not sure I'd call it progression but that's a, a yeah he's he's been through a lot like a lot of changes have happened to Thor like he lost his mom then he's lost his dad then he's lost his uh, cousin or sister and then he lost his brother three times which yes. they mentioned again in the film, obviously, for he great lost comic. All his, all his best friends. He lost all his best friends. One died. One went back and grew old. Uh, he lost. I was, th- his I was thinking more of the uh, the Warriors three. Oh yeah, um, no one remembers them. <laughs> Even they didn't remember in the film. Remember? That's true. Uh, That's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. Yeah, and yeah, he lost a lot of things. So you know, he gained a lot of weight. Um, he couldn't defeat Thanos the first time. So a lot of things have affected him etc um look, i mean chris hemsworth he is tall right like this i don't think there's what else we can play tall well it's interesting because so, as you say the first two films in particular he was quite like he was yeah he was like this norse god i mean they were they had jokes in them but he was quite relatively stoic. serious most of the time yeah, stoic yeah. yeah kind of noble uh godly i suppose uh and then with ragnarok it was just a complete 180 it was like utterly different he was uh comedic all the time just making quips like quite dumb like a bit of a like kind of classic dumb blonde in some ways i suppose yeah i get that and yeah in this film he is more like a love-struck teenager yeah i think because in, in between we had endgame and i th- I hated what he did in endgame to be honest because i know they tried to make it as you say he couldn't you couldn't kill Thanos the first time so he felt like he blamed himself and stuff which I thought was good but then he was yeah he really fat and eating he was playing like Call of Duty or something and eating pizza all day and all this kind of stuff and still making lots of quips and things and I, I thought it was a really poor performance that he brought into Men in Black International which is a terrible film um, huh. where he's basically doing a very similar thing uh, and I thought is this Chris Hemsworth's stick now is he just going to do bad comedy stuff um, so you're going to this one it was much, as you say, love struck teenager. Yes, but pretty much is right. Like he's just for ha- basically just fawning over Jane Foster and about the lost love. Yeah, the whole time he did that a lot. He did. He still does this thing all the time where he does something stupid and then tries to pretend he hasn't. Um, I was like, no, not, not not me. No, I wouldn't do that. No, and like, yeah, okay, we get it. We get it. I just, yeah, it's run its course for me. I mean, there was maybe less quipping in this than I feared there would be. There was a lot of quipping. But there was sometimes some serious moments. Anyway, Natalie Portman, she's back. She turned down... Uh, well, she didn't didn't really want to do Thor 2, which is fairly obvious. She didn't do Thor 3. Uh, but she appeared briefly in Endgame. Or she voiced in Endgame and they had cut footage. And she's back, back, back. But this time she's playing uh, the Mighty Thor. Yeah, um, this follows uh, what happens to Jane Foster in the comics as well, uh, where she takes out the mantle of Thor. And it also follows, uh, for those who've read the comics as well, um, Jane, uh, it starts off by Jane having terminal cancer, mm. basically. Um, and her uh, holding on to the Thor power, uh, unfortunately, even though she's strong and super powerful then, it also leeches... Uh, whatever remaining, you know, of her mortal strength left to fight the cancer. So is that true? In, sh- is that true in the comics? It, that's true in the comics is as well. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it drains her of all her her life, her life force basically. So yeah. So she um we've 
I'm slightly surprised she came back for this script. I can I kind of see why she came back to like, all right, you, you're going to get given more to do than just being the girlfriend, which mm. I think she already had more to do in previous ones. But yeah, you get to do some action sequences. You get to have this character arc of of taking on the Thor mantle, and you get the obviously the cancer storyline. Uh, I talking as we, this is one of the, the weaknesses of the film to me is that the Thor that she was in love with basically doesn't exist anymore because yep. the Thor she now meets is so utterly different to the one from the first two films and I think it just it just you get kind of with with that such obvious character differences it really hammers home no pun intended uh, just the big differences there and she she doesn't mind doing a bit of comedy she's been funny in, in films in the past that's why I couldn't no strings attached for example but uh it's a difficult tightrope to walk where she's supposed to be doing a Kansas storyline and taking on this mantle and doing quips and in a romantic comedy type thing. Uh, it's a bit of a... It's, I feel like... I'm going to say this for a lot of characters as well. I feel like this, her character was under service mm. in the service of the story for you know, Thor, main Thor. <laughs> I'm going to say main Thor, main Thor. Chris Hemsworth Thor. I want to know... <laughs> but, uh, who 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 labelled her Mighty Thor? Did she do that? Yeah, she just did herself. Wow. Because I mean, she doesn't doesn't look any mightier than the regular Thor. Because I think uh, if I'm not remember if I remember correctly, Thor in the comics lost his hammer. He didn't have Stormbreaker then either. So okay. there was only one hammer with Mjolnir, and that was with uh, Natalie Portman. So yeah, she just okay. did herself Thor. Um, yeah, I think she was just underused. I think I thought the storyline, the 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 cancer storyline, could be a very good storyline. Mm. But it just wasn't developed well enough. So badly, um, yeah. No, it was. I mean, Natalie Portman is an Oscar-winning actor. She can do a good story over there. But yeah, you're right. It, it was. It was kind of fairly big in the opening bits, and then referenced, but not. Yeah, it, it should have probably been the main plot. I thought. It, it, me too. Yeah, it, it was just wasted. Like. Kat Dennings' character was just there for a she, bit, she just for a few seconds, yeah. Which was weird as well. Like she, she wasn't like she doesn't even look sad when Natalie said she, had, Jane Foster said she had cancer. Like just like okay. I think she already knew she had cancer. In fairness, I think mm, I think I think, I think we were kind of plopped in the middle of that story. But but yeah, she was dead. Like hey, remember her? <laughs> She's still here. She's still there. But yeah, um, although one thing is like Natalie apartment definitely worked out for this role, man. Her wow. arms can. Did she? Is she I, not? Don't call me. I'm sure she worked out a bit, but I reckon there's a lot of CGI going on there because I've seen. I don't know. I saw pictures of her before and after. She, I don't know whether she, she just looks got exactly the, the same. Got all the muscles on and then lost them all again, but uh, I suspect CGI helped. Yeah, maybe she's doing a Christian Bale thing, which speaking of speaking which, of what a, what a link. Gore the God Butcher. Now, if I was surprised that Natalie Portman turned up, I'm incredibly surprised Christian Bale signed on for this, especially for this script. Yeah, I mean, even without that, you kind of think signing on to be. A, basically, the Crystal Eccleston role of bad guy in lots of makeup. Because I, I can kind of see him signing up to, to play a villain, but to play one that has to sit in the chair getting all this makeup put on for a couple of hours every morning. Yeah. I think it's Christian Bale, right? He doesn't mind a bit of hard work, I suppose. But his last. He doesn't, yeah. Uh, his last comic book role, obviously, Batman in the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Uh, so in this one, he's. Yeah, called the God Butcher. He wants to. Kill all gods after the gods uh, that he prays to, or the one god he prays to, um, didn't save his daughter. Pretty much dismissed him, really, at the end. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I thought he was pretty good. I, 
it's Christian Vale's. I mean, again, Oscar winner, I'm sure. Did you get an Oscar for The Fighter, I think? Maybe? Anyway, yeah, he did. Um, obviously a great actor. But yeah, as you say, with the, the script you're given, it's not not really... If it was played by anyone else, it, you'd forget that villain immediately. The fact that it's Christian Bale, I think, made it slightly more memorable. But it's not yeah. in the great pantheon of Marvel villains. Not one of the greats, I don't think. So severely underused as well. Again, because they just want to serve the, the whole Thor story, which... Again, frankly, I don't really care about at this at the, at the stage, mm. really. Because, like, I understand this is one of the villains that I do understand his motivation right from the beginning. You know, he lost his daughter after praying for so long, after suffering from so long, and the God that he prays to, uh, you know, just completely ignores him. So I can understand his, you know, his need to find vengeance on all gods or, you know, in general. But you don't really see him doing a lot of butchering, do you? You, you see him do zero butchering. Well, exactly. Maybe, maybe, I guess he kills one god on screen. But uh, that's I, it, like, yeah. you, you really can't get, you know, the whole scale of his threat where you don't really see any of that, you know. Just, be, just because some dead ice giant lies on, yeah. uh, lies collapse and Thor say, oh, he was a good guy, does not, does not show anything. It doesn't add to the, you know, add to uh, the Gaul's character, which is, which is a shame, which is a shame because at the end of the day, what you get is just is this tepid, um, Tapit villain, yeah, where it could have been so yeah. much more. Absolutely, and, and they they do. I mean, well, we've got, we'll come back to on spoilers. Um, Tessa Thompson, I've also written here underused, or well, even underused but solid. So she's back as uh, King Valkyrie, as you say, um, from the previous films. She's looking after New Asgard and gets bored, so joins them on an adventure where uh, she doesn't do much. Um, and Taika Waititi himself is voicing Korg, a character that I kind of hated before and now just about tolerate <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of Oscar winners we've got Russell Crowe um, playing a Zeus mm-hmm. from the trailers uh, he's having a lot of fun he of, is uh, I can't place his accent though was, no is that a Greek accent well I thought it was probably Greek difficult to say <laughs> I mean Zeus I guess is Greek He's a Greek god. I'm not sure he's Greek. But, uh, yeah, let's let's say Greek. Might be. Uh, and we see the Guardians of the Galaxy doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, to be bit. fair, though, I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy bit. Because the, the, the whole tone of the film, well, or at least it's trying to be Guardian of the Galaxy-esque at the beginning. So I, 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 I did really enjoy that bit. Because um, it reminds me of what the James Gunn version of Guardians of the Galaxy. So I did enjoy that bit. The first bit. Yeah, I thought they, I like used, they were used well. I mean, they left fairly quickly. I think if you're expecting this to be a Thor and Guardians adventure, then, then that's not what you're going to get. But oh. yeah, I thought they bounced off well. And uh, yeah, they, they did just the right amount. Uh, maybe I would have liked slightly more pointers of what they're up to. Kind of hints for the next film, but that, that's all right. Hmm. He did kind of indicate that when they made Endgame, they didn't really have a clue what was going to happen next. Because they made quite a big deal of him like being the Asgardians of the galaxy and all this and... Um, like a lot of things that Marvel do at the end of their films, they more or less just wrap it up immediately in the next one. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do. The opening of the film where Gore the God Butcher, uh, or just Gore as he is at that point, um, is hugging the corpse of his daughter yeah. uh, who has died from, I guess, thirst and lack of food. Um, which I, 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 I think is an odd way to start a comedic film. But, uh, but Zijan, you, you think you have a slightly different view. No, no, no. I, I, I do agree with this bit in the sense that tonally is very off. I mean, the whole mm. film tonally is just completely off. Um, but the reason why I didn't mind that much is because, first of all, it's Christian Bale. 
And Christian yeah. Bale is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, he's, he. This character could go so many ways. <laughs> he could have just chewed the scenery, um, but he didn't. I thought he did really well, but I think the main reason why is like I mean, it sets up the villain very well. It sets up his motivations behind it, and you know there are worse villains out there. There are a lot of worse villains, yes. And his motivation was clear. He he, he finds a, a god, the god that he prays to, who basically just laughs at him in slightly odd circumstances. Which uh, uh, he he finds a necro sword lying around, hmm. which in fact just a, he doesn't even just find it, actually. It kind of it jumps up into his hand more or less, doesn't it? Just. A, Appears. appears from the ground and then he's off butchering gods except we don't get to see him butchering any other gods nine of it. them uh, I can't remember Zijan, whether we've cut out the exciting uh, fact that his daughter's name is Love something that was not obvious from the film and then it'll come back to us yeah I definitely didn't know about it until the end I didn't even know, I, pr- I didn't know until I read Wikipedia I know. apparently she's played by Chris Hemsworth's real daughter yeah yeah um, slight spoilers there about is it a spoiler I mean, is it it's, meant it's, to be a spoiler? It's a spoiler that she's there at the end because um, she died in the first scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, but she, she's still played by Chris Hemsworth's daughter, right? Basically, his whole family is in this film. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Is that right? Is his wife there? Did you not know that? Yeah, his wife is in it as well yeah. as the the wolf lady. Oh, right. I don't know. I know one of his brothers is there playing the version of him again as, as did in, in Ragnarok. We see uh, cameos from uh, Matt Damon and Sam Neill and Melissa McCarthy that, uh, again. That was cool. Yeah. It's uh, quite good. Did it, you might have to edit around this here, Jam, because I just want all the things that I was. Did I complain about the Stormbreaker versus Mjolnir jokes? I think you may have. I can't remember if that was in the, in the six minutes we lost, but um, anyway, they wolf in and they uh, they also ask questions about the sentience of these of these weapons. So you can cut that out if I've already said it. But, uh, mm. That was the abbreviated version of it. Right. It was funny at the beginning, and it, then it wasn't the next ten times. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I, I think Zizan, you you said and and I agreed um, that we both came out of the cinema thinking this was a good time, and then the more we think about it, a bit over the world. Yeah, they could. They have so many good actors in this film. They yeah. have so many good characters in the film that could use a lot more development than Thor himself. And I think it just felt wasted because they just wanted to serve the Thor storyline, the main Thor storyline. It just felt very wasted. And even that wasn't brilliantly served. Uh, yeah, so should we, should we move into spoilers? Yeah, we... spoilers, 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 spoilers. spoilers. Um, so in fact, I think... Uh, so we have we have Jane and Thor getting back together, uh, kind of. Not exactly, I mean, they sort of... Ish. Um, I didn't uh, know Jane was first... fawning over Thor anyway. Like, he didn't come across as that. No, so, I mean, I had this, this such a such a hack... Thing that has been done to death, where they're like, "How long has it been since we saw each other? A couple of years?" And he's like, oh, "It's been eight years, three months, seventeen days." Well, uh, which is such a that's been done to death. But he shows that he's still in love with her, which I think, as, as I was saying when we were so rudely uh, interrupted, I this is of, of all the, the, of all the MCU romantic subplots, and there aren't a huge number of them. Uh, I think this is the one outside of Spider-Man that has been given the most thought in the first film was dedication because I mean you, you go through them you think yeah uh, Tony Stark and Pepper that more or less all happened off screen mm. Black Panther stuff it was so minimal that we couldn't even remember her name <laughs> uh, the, the Ant-Man and Wasp thing is kind of there I guess but not really I think the first Thor a, good, a solid half of it was about their relationship 
and uh, and I, I was really pleased to see them get back together. Except, as mentioned before, he's basically not the same guy. So, uh, did, did did what did you think of them as a, as a, as a couple in this? I film? found it very weird that Jane would want to get back with Thor. I find mm, it weird okay. that Thor wants to get back with Jane as well. To be fair. Um, like the only reason why he wants to get back with her is after this pep talk from of all people, uh, Star Lord, to find his purpose. Yes, right. Because he loves Gamora. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but it it just felt really odd because like we, I I go I don't remember much of the love the romance in the first two films because Jane Foster pretty much disappeared in the third film, and it wasn't mentioned at all. Right, that's the thing. Like if you want to show a film about Thor harping over his ex. You cannot just bring it in the last film and expect us to forget that it didn't happen in the third film at all. Like, yeah, because I, mean, I guess there's the difficult because Natalie Portman seemed like she was completely out and never coming back. So they had a, yeah, Endgame talked about her dumping him. There is a line in the start of Ragnarok about how like someone says, "Oh, I'm sorry, you and Jane broke up," and it's like, "Oh, it's uh, totally mutual." So you, you do get that reference, but it's in his new character of "I'm going to pretend I don't care about things" in a in a mildly amusing way. I I really liked actually they did a little montage of their of their relationship basically showing how they they lost time for each other which is why they broke up. And yeah, but that, you can't just do that, was, that in a montage though. Like, um, yeah, I mean it worked for me, and I did, did like. It? But yeah, I mean that bit did if they then paid it off elsewhere in the film, ah. uh, with with a better relationship. I kind of think, I thought that set the groundwork very well for like remember this. I was like yeah okay yeah I remember that cool. But then they have a scene on the on the boat when they. Kind of express their, uh, actually, they don't express their love for each other, but kind of they sort of do. And even that, Taika Waititi feels he has to split up with a, a little comic thing between Korg and, and uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I did like the, the idea that he had told Mjolnir to look after her, basically. I thought that was a good explanation for how this came about. No, I think that makes sense as well. I can't remember how it was done in the comics um, about how she got hold of Mjolnir, because but hmm. Mjolnir tends to choose who's worthy anyway. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't because Thor <laughs> told Mjolnir to look after her, because yeah. that doesn't seem like a comic book Thor thing to do. It seems more like a Taika Waititi Thor thing to do. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, should we talk about the gods? Yeah, this is the part where it just went around a roundabout way. So. The plot line is basically, uh, Gore has been killing lots of gods. Ultimately, he needs uh, Stormbreaker to create a rainbow bridge to this place called Eternity, where he can make a wish so he can kill all the gods. Basically, um, yep. to do that, yep. to try to get Stormbreaker, first of all, he kidnaps all the children. Like he wasn't even meant to be kidnapping the children. I'm pretty sure he was just creating shadow demons in New Asgard for some reason. And then suddenly decides to kidnap the children again for some other reason. Because apparently when you kidnap all the children, Thor will come after and chase you and then you'll get access to Stormbreaker then. And then you get what you always wanted. And Thor oh will, my will take Stormbreaker rather than Mjolnir, even though Jane's not using Mjolnir now. <laughs> Which I was like, like, why is he not taking Mjolnir? And obviously it's so that Jane can then take it and follow him. Yeah, I mean... So even convoluted. That, even before that, when they go and visit Zeus and all the gods in a place oh I had a weird name it's called Omnipotent Om- City Om- yes and I mean firstly I, I think this is, this speaks maybe to the shooting schedule being derailed a bit by Covid and blah blah, blah. but it was so easy for them to get there <laughs> I mean they got this 
these weird goats and the Stormbreaker and all this, but it's like, let's go and find the place where all the gods are. I know all about this. It's like, well, why did you never try and get there before? You know, when, why have you never tried to make any contact with this whole pantheon of gods? Uh, similarly, if there's a place that you can go to and just make a one wish that will change everything, why couldn't you go there and wish that Thanos was dead? Uh, I have a lot of problem with Eternity, where the, the wishes are so badly um, defined. Yeah. In that you get this weird situation where he can wish for all the gods to die, but apparently he can't wish for his daughter to come back and for him to be well. Or he can't wish for yeah Jane to, to survive. Or, yeah, just such a... No, anything to do with wishes is a problem, as we know from Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, my problem on Important City and its own, apart from the horrible, horrible name, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist in the comics as well. Like, it, it was just a pointless detour. It's just a pointless detour. It doesn't add anything to the film whatsoever. The film could cut off the entire bit altogether, and the plot will not change. Whatsoever, yeah, there's I mean, no the, need for uh, Zeus's Thunderbolt. No, I mean, they go there and say, hey, go help, help us, and they're like, no, we're not going to help you. But they take the Thunderbolt, and that means that Valkyrie has a weapon. But yeah, there must be other ways for Valkyrie to get a weapon. I think either you actually do something with it, or you cut it all together. And I think what they, what they did was kind of the worst of both worlds. Exactly right. Interesting. So we've had a bit of talk in the, in the Disney Plus series of... Uh, so we've just had uh, Ms. Marvel, who's, who's Muslim. We've had uh, Moon Knight, who has all these Egyptian gods. Um, none of which appeared in this, which I thought was a bit missed opportunity. Hmm. But that, what, what are gods in, in the MCU? So, so Thor's a god, which I'm pretty sure he wasn't in uh, in the first Thor, but now he is. He, do people pray to Thor? No, but the Eternals were gods. Eternals are gods? Does... I mean, we've got a Muslim character. Does does that mean that Allah exists in this universe? D- d- does the Christian yeah. God exist in this universe? What, what what are yeah? What what a God is is so vague, so unclear that uh, you kind of. I mean, I, I thought they probably did best when they just tried to avoid thinking about it too much in the first couple of Thor films and, and yep. the Avengers. And it's just let's not go down that route. And now they have gone down this route. It just opens so many questions. I mean, uh, the, we know why they're going down this route to begin with. You know, I know why they introduced Zeus to begin with. It's because they, are, they, are, they want to introduce the Greek pantheon into the Marvel Universe eventually. Uh, you know, because in the comic books, Hercules is one of the gods that appear as part of yeah. the Avengers. Ares is part of the Avengers. Like, so I, I, I understand why they want to bring them in, but not, not, this is so shoehorned. This 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 whole yeah, scene, this twenty minutes. Somewhere there. we go on, yeah. Just somewhere yeah. we happen to go on. I mean, it seems an odd thing to do, considering the yeah, Ares was a big part of the first Wonder Woman film. I think I'd, I'd probably thought they'd want to avoid that. I also really didn't like, and it was in the trailers, the scene where um, Thor gets all his clothes mm-hmm. ripped off by, by by Zeus and and kind of like Valkyrie and, and Jane are. Should we help him? Oh, eventually. But do you want to eat a grape first? I think. I thought we've moved past. Like, I think if, if they switch the genders for that, there would be outrage. I uh, thought Chris Hemsworth didn't like that to begin with, because I thought he was protesting against taking his clothes off in like the Avengers: Age of Ultron, where he did the whole pool scene. But apparently, right, he didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a mistake. I think that's one. I think people will look back on that in a few years' time and think that was uh, that was bad. Um, 
Uh, what else have I got here? Uh, Jane and the Hammer. So we talked about this. I say I, I think if this film, this film probably should have focused a lot more on their relationship and her cancer storyline. Yep. But you also get, you get. I thought it was a really nice, well, nice is the wrong word, but very poignant scene where she dropped the hammer and kind of you could see her for the first time in the mirror, uh, looking like someone who was dying of cancer. But again, it did raise the question of: Does she have to be touching the hammer for it to work? And obviously not, because she sometimes throws it around. So like, how does the hammer know? when to do this and when not to do this I'd... yeah it just yeah. feels like a second draft where they thought through some of these things would have helped yeah I can't remember how that works in the comics now as well because uh, mm. yeah I'm not sure how it works um, yeah I can't remember fair enough um, anyway they go to Eternity and they persuade him by by being nice maybe <laughs> to like no, no, no. all the gods be- be- before that for some reason Thor can share his power with all the Asgardian kids Ah, uh, he can as well, can't he? Now yes. he can, apparently. It's quite a fun scene, but yeah. Wow. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not entirely sure what changed Gore's mind, but they're like, tell you what, bring your daughter back, and well, then Jane's like, yeah, Thor will look after him. I'll look after him. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so we get this such a weird denouement where, um, like, Chris Hemsworth and his daughter are now hanging out. Is that, is, is that what Thor's going to be now? He's going to be someone who just adopted a, a daughter is maybe that, a daughter will appear in uh, uh, Young Avengers oh maybe oh dear no, uh, I, I didn't like that, the fact that we found out that the name of the daughter is Love at the end it felt like it was just putting it in there so that we can justify the title of the film because uh, I have not heard of this character right I completely missed it in fairness so it didn't work for me but um, <laughs> I only saw it on Wikipedia yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, I, I actually, to be fair to this thing, uh, I thought Natalie Portman uh, as Thor looked really good. I think it's a, it's a costume that could have looked really silly, <laughs> and I thought it worked. Um, I thought it, it looked it, it worked as a superhero character. So fair, fair play to them on that, because she looked kind of silly when she was holding the hammer at Comic Con. So, uh, um, oh boy, we uh, turns out. So Korg should have died, surely. No, he's just a face, apparently. Just a face, apparently only their faces are live, or only their mouths are alive, which does mean that at the start of Thor 2, when Thor kills a monster that looks like him, he obviously didn't kill him. Yep, because he didn't kill the face. But yeah, I would have much preferred Korg to have died. <laughs> um, there is a part, uh, so, so Korg apparently uh, has uh, paired off with a character called Dwayne, which apparently was a deliberate reference to Dwayne the Rock Johnson which I thought was quite funny once I understood it mm. Mm. Uh, got anything else? no I think I mean in general like I, I put so many things in this like ultimately it's just tonally unbalanced there are a lot of bits of things that are just you have serious subjects that are not balanced well with just so many lighthearted bits in it it's like it's too many tr- it just felt like a mess. It felt like a mess. Like I was gonna, I was trying to compare it with the latest Doctor Strange, and which one did I didn't like more? I think Doctor Strange was worse only because of the oh, much yeah. higher yeah. potential that it could have done there in Doctor Strange, and so much wasted potential. And this one was Taika Waititi behind it as well. So we kind of, we kind of expected that. We kind of braced ourselves for that when coming into mm. watching this film. So we mm. kind of knew that this would happen, but still. I was still disappointed with it, even though I came out of the cinema liking it. So maybe it'll be it'll work for you, you know. <laughs> I, I think this is much better than Doctor Strange, actually. Uh, 
I was disappointed with both of them to a certain extent, but I, I did prefer this one to, to Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, I thought actually, I like I like the music in this one. So it was all Guns and Roses, which I think is it the first time since Iron Man two that it's been all the same band. We had a lot of um. I think so. Yeah. It was all ACDC in that one. I know there was quite a lot of Led Zeppelin in, in Thor Ragnarok, but I think yeah, basically every song in this was Guns N' Roses more or less, which um, I liked. Uh, let's talk post-credits then. So yep. you mentioned Hercules. Hercules appeared. Um, as expected, as everyone knew what was going to happen. Like, honestly, if you're going to introduce Zeus, you have to introduce Hercules. Um, and he's played by none other than, we didn't know then <laughs> when we were looking at it, no. uh, Ted Lasso's very own Brad Goldstein. Yeah, he's in. He's joined the MCU. Uh, we shall see where he'll come back. Whether that's going to be in uh, Thor Five. I think he needs Thor five or to bulk else. up a lot more, though, to be Hercules. Yeah, I, mean, I think CGI was already bulking him a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, per- personally speaking, like, cause like Hercules in the comics is like super ripped, and. Yeah, no right. offense to Brad Goldstein, he's definitely fitter than I am. <laughs> but he's not like Hercules' body yeah, at, fair enough. at this point. Yeah. Um, and we also have um, Jane arriving in Valhalla because she died in battle, uh, where she's greeted by Heimdall and no one else. Um, I listened to a podcast that was saying, "Oh, well, it kind of it took away from the the impact of her death because yep. uh, she reappeared immediately." Not so much for me in that. I mean, we knew she was going to Valhalla because she did the whole gold sparkly thing. But I don't think we're seeing her again. I, I, that was just to kind of close the door on that one, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, you say that about. Know, um... <laughs> well, we say that about Idris El- Elba playing Heimdall, right? Say, so, oh, mm. he won't come again. He hates the MCU, yeah, etc., right. etc. Et well, yeah, yeah. But do, do you think we're going to get? So we've, I say we've had quite a lot of afterlife stuff in in this uh, phase, including. Uh, people coming back from the afterlife and Moon Knight and in fact the daughter here. Do, do you think we're going to get people coming back from Valhalla? Do you think that's where they're going with this? I don't know. Like, it ultimately comes down to a thing that uh, I think I spoke to you about and we mentioned about it earlier as well. What hmm. is the MCU's plan yeah. right now? So in Phase 4, we've had Black Widow, which is a prequel, so I assume there's nothing's going to come out from that. We have Shang-Chi. This, and these are just the movies as well. So we have Shang-Chi yeah. that introduced uh, Shang-Chi's character and Aquafina's character that no one recognized um, when they go out to Wong. So they introduce these bangles of power who I think are hmm. Kree maybe. So there's, there's one plot line that they need resolving eventually. Then they've got Spider-Man who has uh, rewritten all of time. No one's remembered yes. Peter Parker at all. Um, they've, now they've got Doctor Strange which has introduced the multiverse and America Chavez. Uh, so that's this plot line that could happen, uh, and then now in uh, now in Thor, um, Thor has a daughter. Okay, fine, cool. And then you have all the TV shows which are introducing multiple, and you've, multiple. Um, what yeah. did I mention? You've, forgotten, the, you've, you, you've oh. forgotten the Eternals. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about Eternals. Um, okay. And all of, uh, I'm talking about good good films here. Um, decent films. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that opened up a whole new set of things, didn't it? So yeah, exactly. What is Marvel's plan? What is Marvel's plan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we talked, I can't remember if we talked on the podcast or just, just in person, but I, if you'd asked me a couple of movies ago, I'd say it's also all about the multiverse. Um, but they've done some some multiverse stuff, but not much. And I mean, I still think, I still think that um, Secret Wars is the most likely uh, end point for this kind of stuff, but 
Yeah, who who is the big bad? We don't know. I mean, in fairness, in the end of Phase 1, we didn't know. Phase 1 was all about bringing the Avengers together. Phase 2 was about doing it again. Uh, it wasn't really until maybe late Phase 2 that we kind of figured out it was all about the Infinity Saga. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they've had, they've had a run of... Uh, Spider-Man aside, the Phase 4 films have not been very good. I mean, they've not been terrible, mostly. I've enjoyed all of them to a certain extent. But it's, it's, not, been a, yeah, it's not been a good phase. In, in, as well, again, there have been three fantastic TV series and then three or four pretty good TV series. Yeah. Ish. They've introduced so many characters now and half of which I really mm. do not care about and that's going to be an issue for them. Do you know how many Funko Pops I've had to buy, Zijin? So many. So many. But then I remember Age of Ultra on the end of that, it was like, here's your new Avengers lineup. It's Falcon and it's War Machine and it's Wanda. And, and <laughs> looking at this, and I, was, I remember watching it thinking, I just don't care about these people. And clearly that was, I guess that must have been the feedback they got or the, or the response they got because they kind of backtracked from that. And it's like, no, it's it's still the ones you know and love. It's still those guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think maybe they're going to wait to see who likes what and then they do that. But. Hopefully Feige uh, knows best. Hopefully he knows best. We'll see Harry well, Styles we, we, everywhere. Oh, I forgot about Harry Styles. <laughs> so yeah, we've talked this down a lot and I think it was a missed opportunity, but there's there's some nice stuff in it as well. So mm. I don't know. Would you would you say people should go and see this? Uh, well, I don't think people care about what we t- talk about when it comes to <laughs> MCU nowadays, especially when it comes to the MCU. Uh, I suppose I think it's, if you're an MCU, yeah. I think it's a good enough film. It's not the Eternals. Look, Eternals yeah. is, yeah, really bad. A lot of people who don't like the MCU still loved Ragnarok, I think. I think yes. they might be disappointed by this um, as well. Uh, we've gone over time, so let's let's knock Rafe's ball back to next time, shall we? Okay. Uh, which means we end on the quiz, which this time is on the Hunger Games movie. Zijan, mm-hmm. uh, what is the only Hunger Games film where Suzanne Collins doesn't have an adaptation by credit? Oh, really? You've got a one, you've got a one in four chance. Wow, I didn't realise that. It probably is the, either the first one or the last one. Um, I thought she's always been involved in it, that's the thing. So I'm going to go with the first one, Hunger Games. Uh, it's the second one, Catching Fire. Really? Oh, interesting. Didn't know that. And you're now making me doubt this. I saw it on Wikipedia. That's, not, that's never wrong, right? Yeah, of course. I'm going to go back in there and edit it out. Okay. <laughs> Question one. What's the name of the folk song sung by Jennifer Lawrence in Mockingjay that was written by Suzanne Collins in the same book? Mm, I did read this not that long ago. Uh, but I don't know. Let's call it Rust and Bone. It's The Hanging Tree. Mm, that was it. Uh, question two: Which Oscar-winning actor played Boggs in the last two films? Uh, that's Mahershala Ali, right? Apparently so. I I don't remember him being in these, but apparently was. Yeah, me neither. Uh, question two: What's the name of the genetically modified wasps that appear in the Hunger Games? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I should know this because they're in the books as well. Exactly. Uh, it was hard for me to come up with questions for this, by the way. Oh man, no, I, I'm not going to get it. It um, it was some kind of pun on hornet, if I remember rightly. Um, it rhymes. It rhymes. Yes. Uh, cornet. <laughs> <laughs> They're called tracker jackers. 
Chaka Chakas. All right. I wasn't going to get that in a million years. Um, who won the best on-screen transformation prize at the MTV Movie Awards for the first film? Wow. Who transformed in the first film? Did anyone transform in the first film? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> according, uh, according to MTV, they did. Who won? Uh, I'm going to go... Oh, is it the character that you won or the actor? Oh, what I want the actor. Uh, I would assume it's uh, the person playing Effie Trinket, right? I mean, Elizabeth Banks. Correct. Very good. Well, because I think she was she was rich in the beginning and then she was poor at the end or something like that. I don't know. I think it's more to do with them looking different to how they've looked before for an on-screen oh. transformation, but uh, okay. I don't know. Uh, this is a book question as well. well. It's hard for me to come up with movie questions, but which district is Rue and Trash from? From the first book that you like? One of 12, yeah, district, Colin. Yeah, one of 12. I'm trying to remember what the, the main district is that they're all from. Um, are they from District 3? 11. Oh, that's my second second choice. Uh, who performed the song Atlas from the second film's soundtrack? That's Coldplay. It is. Wiping the floor with me on this one. Uh, this is a multiple choice question. Uh, and this is a long one as well because it's multiple choice. But I thought Settle, it was quite settling everyone. Settling <laughs> everyone. Because <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting. So I thought I just wanted to bring it up to you. Uh, question four. Which of these was not created as part of a marketing strategy for the Hunger Games series? Number one. A, <laughs> Capital Couture, a five-issue fashion magazine. B, Capital TV, where famous YouTubers were actually recruited as presenters for the Capital's media channel. C, creating a poster cut into 100 puzzle pieces given to 100 websites, creating a digital scavenger hunt. D, Jabber Jays, oh, I can't pronounce this, Jabber Jays, which hosts the podcast Jabbercast. So one of these is not a real marketing strategy. Um, the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Excellent. There's actually a fan service website. Ah, uh, right. Oh, fair play to them. Uh, well, you've already won, but let's see if you can uh, solidify that. Um, at the end of the third film, which is the only district that is still loyal to the capital? Uh, one, right? It's district two. Really? Ah, interesting. I thought it was the one and two that are the big ones. Um, question 5 uh, In Mockingjay Who performed the Golden Globe nominated song Yellow Flicker Beat Becoming the youngest person ever To curate a soundtrack for a film Distributed by a major Hollywood film company Finn Wolfhard this <laughs> uh, Lord Oh what a lord <laughs> Well that's a comprehensive win for you Zijan Good work um, What are we quizzing on next time? I'm, I'm sure we did Steven Spielberg 1990s films before so we're doing Steven Spielberg 2000 films cool uh, and what is our main topic for next time uh, films 10 years ago correct 2012 yes finally film. we did it 2012 film not to be confused with the film 2012 which we'll, we will not be talking about unless unless it came out in 2012 which I'm pretty sure it didn't because it was looking forward to that year anyway we will see you then bye <laughs> <laughs>